Evolution.org podcast coming your way, guys. This is number 337, question and answer Q&A. Steve Smee here, and as always, Rick in the house. Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Good, good. So, guys, let's get right to it. The first question is EQ anxiety. And then uh, it's a two-part question. He wants to know about EQ anxiety and EQ blow. So let's first talk about anxiety, Rick. Now, back in the day, if you remember, um, that was uh, spread out a lot. Guys would talk about EQ gives you anxiety and all this stuff. And, you know, when I used it myself, I've used it a few times and I never noticed any issues with anxiety, but maybe it's because I don't have anxiety issues. You've said in the past, you do have anxiety issues. Have you noticed anything on EQ or do you think this is like a bro science thing? It could, some guys might get it. I've never, I don't remember having anxiety from EQ. I actually like EQ. It's one of the, I've said on the podcast before, it's one of the steroids that I enjoy that sits really well with me. Like EQ at its worst will give me maybe a little bit of agony on my back and a little bit of water bloat. But I mean, EQ, it's, it's one of my faves. It's one of my favorites. It's really nice. I get good long lasting gains on it. And no, I don't, I don't get, I don't get the anxiety side effect that, that some guys talk about. No. Back in the day on the old elite fitness board, they used to always talk about EQ anxiety and some guys would say they had it. But if you look back and maybe because those guys specifically do already had anxiety um, on it, and maybe it's just one of those things where it was like a more of a placebo effect because everyone would say, you know, Hey, it gives you anxiety. It gives you anxiety. I don't see anything structurally that would specifically say, you know, Hey, EQ is going to specifically give you anxiety versus another steroid out there. There's nothing structurally with EQ that would over another steroid. So it really doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you know, even if you make the argument that EQ is very similar structurally to D-Bowl, does D-Bowl give people an anxiety? I mean, it's, um, if you already suffer from anxiety, I could see it giving you anxiety the same way as any other steroid. I could see if you already suffer from anxiety taking Trenblone and you really, really have problems with, uh, with different types of mood changes and psychological issues, right? You know, EQ, some people report having uh, more appetite with it, you know, maybe Guys are using it bulking, overeating a little bit, having a little bit of indigestion. If you have some indigestion, nighttime indigestion, sometimes it'll mess with your sleep a little bit, mess with your anxiety during the day. I mean, these are all possibilities. But um, look, any androgen can make you anxious. Testosterone could, you know, any androgen can can cause these kind of effects. So I personally haven't haven't dealt with it, but I've seen it reported. It's you know, these things are experiment, you know, once you, once you've been at it for years, you kind of know what sits well with your body and, and the diet and the training style and it'll, it'll comes together. But I mean, I've experimented EQ was, EQ was in my very first cycle ever and EQ was in the last, uh, well, last cycle I did was my Anavar cycle for my book. But even before then I, I had to use EQ. So the other second part of the question is bloating, um, EQ giving bloating. So EQ by itself, guys, should not give you bloating issues because it's a very long ester. It aromatizes very slowly. The way they structurally uh, created it, you could just run EQ by itself at 300, 400 milligrams a week, and you don't even really need an AI with it. You shouldn't. 
Um, even though it's a testosterone derivative, it's just structurally not going to aromatize fast enough to become an issue unless you're extremely, extremely sensitive. So you can have an AI on hand, but I wouldn't take an AI. Now on the flip side though, if you do stack testosterone with it, um, if you stack say 500 milligrams of testosterone, which is what guys like to do as a moderate doses of testosterone, then yeah, hell yeah, you're going to deal with aromatization on cycle. So you definitely need an aromatized inhibitor in that situation because now you're combining two steroids that have the potential to aromatize. So really my, my way of running EQ is uh, going to be different. I'll either run EQ by itself or maybe run a TRT or lower dose of testosterone. This way I don't have to deal with the aromatization. Uh, Rick, what's your guidelines for this? EQ, test, cycle, aromatization? You know, I, I like to beat it back with Novadex. You know, I, I, my, my standard is a little bit of Novadex every day. I'm going as little as five mix, 10 mix, just every day because I've got, I'm prone to gyno. I've had gynecomastia as a, as a kid and the you know, hard glands under there. And if I let myself get a little bit out of shape, get above 12, 13, 14% body fat, I get those sugar tits. They start to grow right under my nipple. The fat starts to accumulate. If you go look at my pictures, my chest looks very dry. You wouldn't be able to tell that I'm gyno prone. And I, I see a lot of other guys with incredible physiques um, posting their pictures on social and they've, they've got very obvious gyno. It, you just... You just, get, you just get used to not, not looking at it and you kind of ignore it and you post your pictures even though you can see the gyno and they look lean everywhere else. And I've managed to, to beat it back to my chest looks incredibly dry for being very gyno prone and for using steroids. And main thing is Novadex, keeping body fat low. I also, I'm also cheating a little bit of you guys listening because there's something I can do that you guys maybe can't like. I, I mix my own formistane uh, topical and I put it on my nipples. I also mix my own arimistane and I put it on my nipples and that helps me dry up my chest. You know, I can't, um, I can't sell you guys formistane. That's, that's scheduled. But arimistane is actually not scheduled. I can probably, some of, some of the listeners, if you guys wanted to try some topical arimistane, it, it's, not, it's not scheduled. It's not illegal. I you know, but I could probably, I could probably like small batch sell to some guys, some of my, my personal stock that I make with my topical or missing to keep my chest dry. But yeah, I mean, incredibly gyno prone since I was a kid, had it, uh, even now as an adult, if I let myself get a little bit out of shape, the first thing you notice is my nipples start to poke out of my t-shirts and um, keeping it dry, Novadex. and, and topical uh, anti-estrogens applied right on the nipple. Uh, Arimistane is awesome. Formistane, I still got a little bit of that left. But yeah, I mean, uh, uh, always, always use Novadex, just gynoprone. Always, especially on a fat loss, use a little bit of Novadex, a little topical arimistane. Man, it'll, it'll dry your chest right up. You look, you look incredible in those pictures. So is N2BM going to be coming out with an AI over the counter that's legal? I want to, but it's very hard to get a credit card processor for it. We've, we've had trouble. All of you guys that, that are my customers and you shop from me, you know how many times I've, uh, we've had no credit card processing. The banks don't want to associate with me and the brand because of all the steroid content. And because my, my, I've explained to guys how to use my product with steroids and the information is out there. 
And so I'll get approved by a bank because none of my ingredients are illegal. I'll get approved. And then later on, a, a third reviewer or, or extra under, underwriter will come. They'll review the account. They'll Google my, my products. And they'll realize like, hey, there's a bunch of guys using steroids that are also using these products. There must be something wrong. So I couldn't. I couldn't put the the format. I couldn't put the Arimastain product on my main website. But some of you guys that are my fans, a ton of you guys talk to me on social. I mean, I'm getting a dozen messages a day at least. Just holler at me, say, "Hey, man, I want some of that topical Arimastain for my nipples, Rick. What can you do?" And you know, we'll work something out, cash up or something. I can sell it to you. I just direct, maybe through Cash App, through PayPal, through something else. But uh, as far as putting it on my website and running it with my credit card company, they're, gonna, they're not going to like it. They're going to shut me down. They're, they're, they don't, they're not going to like me selling a real estate. Even though it's not illegal, it's already kind of on the FDA watch list. So uh, it's not something you can go to jail for, but the FDA has been sending some companies letters that are selling it. And so credit card processors, banks have preemptively just said, you can't, can't uh, process a Remistain products through our, through our merchant account. They, they get that deep where they understand the ingredients. And uh, so, and you guys suffering with uh, puffy nipples, Gino, hit me up on, uh, on Facebook. Uh, hit me up on the forums, evolutionary.org, elitefitness.com. Hit me up on Facebook, rickyvrock.com. And holler at me, and I'll, I'll sell you some of my private, my private stock of, uh, of topical Remistain if it comes down to it. Okay, so the next topic, guys, trend blends. Are they advantageous or a waste? So a typical trend blend, guys, would be a, something called a tri-trend, which is three different trend esters, three different types of trend. You have the trend ace, the trend enanthate, and the trend hex. Um, and, you know, I've seen this from uh, underground labs. They'll, they'll sell this tri-trend. The way it works, Rick, is there'll be 50 milligrams of ace, 50 milligrams of E, 50 milligrams of hex, all in one milliliter. So it'd be 150 milliliters total. So if you want to run 300 milligrams a week at trend, you would just do two cc's um, of the trend total per week. So the typical way you'd run it is probably about three times a week, I would say, because you want to make sure that you're, you're running because the different esters between the ACE and the E kind of, kind of splits the, the middle on that. With ACE, you want to run every day, every other day. This one has anethate and hex in it. So is it more advantageous? You know, I, I haven't really noticed any difference when running the tri-trend versus a regular trend, ACE, E, hex. To me, it's all the same thing. Trend is trend. Trend is so powerful. I've always had really, really good results on trend. Even with E, long ester, anethate, much longer ester than ACE, running E versus ACE. I've had just as fast results on E as ACE. It's just such a powerful steroid. So I haven't noticed a difference. How about you, Rick? Have you tried the tri-trend? What do you think structurally? Does it make a difference? You know, there was a, a triple trend product made by British Dragon back in the day. And I did use some of it. But as I've said on the podcast before, I'm not really a big fan of this multiple ester stuff. I'm not. I'm not. I think just save your money and go with one ester. If you're going to inject every three days, just do the inactate. I'm sorry. If you're going to inject every three days, do the acetate by itself. Why not? 100 mg of acetate, you're getting more active steroid than you would with 100 mg of inactate because the ester is shorter. And so the ester comprises a smaller part of the weight 
So when you get 100 megs of acetate uh, trembolone, about 20 megs of that is going to be a ester chain that doesn't build muscle. It needs to be cleaved off the, the hormone before the hormone can attach to androgen receptors. When you get trembolone and acetate, uh, you're looking at more like 30 megs, maybe a little bit more than 30 milligrams are the actual ester chain that needs to be cleaved off of the hormone before it can attach to androgen receptors. And that ester make builds no muscle. So if you're going to inject every three days, just use the natate. It's a better value. You save your money with one, with one ester. No need to add the other one. If you're going to shoot, you know, just once a week, you could do trend and natate. I've said it on the podcast before a bunch of times. No need to use trend. No need to use trend. I will say this. I'm going to start to just please guys out there because there's a lot of guys out there that want to continue to use trend. So I'll, I'll just change a little bit what I've been saying to this. You can get a lot of the, the things that I like about trend is that it, it seems to just amplify, multiply the effects of the other steroids you're using. Whether you're cutting or bulking, you can toss in that trend. It'll just, it just seems to make those other steroids just work so much better. But once you get above a certain dose with trend, you start to get those nasty trend side effects. My opinion, if you just did, along with your cycle, just 100 megs of trenonatate per week, just that much, that's, in my opinion, in my experience, that's enough to just amplify the effects of all the other steroids. Um, and it's not, and you're not going over where you're going to start to get like the trend insomnia, the problems with, you know, not being able to reach orgasm, uh, the problems with, with uh, uh, the, the kidney toxicity and some of these other trend problems that you tend to have, you might not have if you stick to about 100 migs a week along with your testosterone or whatever else you're doing. Um, I think it'll just make everything work better and you'll, you'll do, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of, of, of blends. I'm a fan of blends. Like I said, in like we said in the Sustanon show, Sustanon, you got to blend. If you're a TRT guy, testosterone replacement therapy, you're going to doctor once a month, twice a month to get a shot. It makes sense. But if you're a steroid user shooting every three days, shooting even once a week, it, the blends are just become a waste of money at that point. All right, guys. So next topic is thoughts on myostatin inhibitors. So what is a myostatin, guys? First of all, myostatin, it's basically, it's a group of molecules that block myostatin. It may work to improve muscle mass and strength. And so basically the myostatin in our bodies will work to prevent us from gaining an insane amount of muscle in a, in a uh, period of time, myostatin inhibitor will stop that myostatin from inhibiting that muscle gain. So the theory is if I take a myostatin inhibitor, it's going to allow me to put on a uh, unlimited amount of muscle um, beyond, you know, what we could uh, genetically do. So the problem I have with myostatin inhibitors is you know, I looked at a study that they did where they gave, they gave women myostatin inhibitors and women grew their thighs to an abnormal size, but the other muscles in their body did not budge. So what if I, you know, you took a myostatin inhibitor, you went and worked out and you grew your, your ass, you know, big, but you didn't grow the rest of your body. You didn't grow your biceps. You didn't grow your chest. You didn't grow your shoulders, et cetera. 
wouldn't that not be a good thing? Like, so it's not like you can control what muscle grows and growing your muscles abnormally like that can't be good for your nerves. Um, you know, you're going to be pinching a lot of nerves if your muscle grows and you're pinching nerves in your, in your back and your shoulders and your neck and all this stuff. And what about, what about Rick, you know, organs, your, your heart has muscles, uh, muscle tissues in your heart. It's in your other organs, like your digestive organs. It's in your blood vessels. So are we going to grow those as well? Um, you know, it's just a recipe for disaster. And I think, you know, it's just one of those situations where abuse, it's just someone who wants to just abuse their body. I just don't think it's safe to grow your body beyond what it could genetically uh, grow, you know, to an extent. I don't think that's healthy. What do you think about these myostatin inhibitors? And I, I don't think they really even exist unless you're going to pay like a fortune for them. I don't think you can go um, and for a supplement company that sells them and, and buy a legitimate myostatin inhibitor anyway. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I haven't seen any that I have access to that are really that effective. It's definitely a very interesting pathway towards building muscle. It's a new pathway towards building muscle. The whole myostatin system is that the whole myostatin pathway is there to is there evolutionary for survival. Your body doesn't want to gain all this muscle. If your body has a bunch of muscle mass on it, it has to feed it. And so it increases your, your caloric requirements. And so through evolution, your body didn't want you to put on a ton of muscle mass. When you exercise, pretty much almost any kind of exercise, even just walking around, you break down some muscle. And so your muscle would grow just from walking, just from getting out of bed every day, just from your regular movements that you make every day. If your myostatin was inhibited, then you would, your muscles would just continue to grow, scar tissue upon scar tissue, scar tissue. But the, that whole myostatin is there, that whole system is there to actually, every time your movements stimulate muscle growth, your body starts to not let that muscle grow anymore so that your caloric requirements don't increase so that you don't die from hunger because you can't find food fast enough. Remember, cal cal calories have always been, um, you know, remember your body's looking for long-term survival of yourself and of the species, not just to look good with your shirt off, right? And so it's an interesting pathway. It's, 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 a, it's a way to, to uncouple mu muscle growth to your muscles would want to grow a lot. Your muscles store energy. And when they contract and they move, they, the, the tissue needs to be repaired. And if it wasn't, if it wasn't for my sand, they just keep growing. It's, it's just, it's a great, I've seen animals that were, that were genetically altered in a lab and they looked incredibly just ripped. They look ridiculous. It's like, a, I've seen cows that look like, like a Mr. Olympia cow. I mean, these things look incredible. It's like looking at a bodybuilding cow. But these cows aren't lifting weights. They're just moving around being cows and their muscles are growing out of proportion. Well, that's what would happen if, you know, that's what would happen with, with you know, without myostatin. So what do I think about them? When they're available, they'll be awesome. It'll be pretty easy to have issues where you, you, you grow too much muscle. But right now, I haven't, I don't have access to them. 
to any good ones that I could use. Do you, Steve, by any chance? Yeah, I, I don't know of any good. There's some companies that sell them in pep, as peptides, monostatin inhibitors, but I don't see any evidence that they actually work. Once, the are, once, myostatin, once myostatin inhibitors are available, everything else is gone. No, you won't have any more steroids being shot. You won't have any more SARMs. Um, maybe for very specific like performance and health purposes, people will take them. But as far as uh, muscle growth, there's, there's just be no reason to mess with anything else because nothing else will be as powerful. Because remember, even after you take steroids, even after you take peptides and you build all this muscle, guess what? Myostatin is going to make the muscle go away. Okay. That's what kills your gains. It's, it's, it's so, so by inhibiting myostatin, you're just going to have all this muscle growth. So it's, it's once is these things are readily available, the whole game is going to shift. Everything is going to change because um, why would you take steroids? Why would you take steroids that would make your muscles grow? And then after cycle myostatin would, take care of making your muscles, make you lose some of those gains when you could just inhibit the myostatin now and just continue to gain muscle on top of and just continue to gain almost indefinitely because there's I nothing, think you'd there's nothing there making it go away. There, you there's wouldn't nothing. live very long. The body has a way of balancing things out. You, you, muscles just growing nonstop like that. You wouldn't live very long. Well, yeah, like some of these guys that take, that take GA, that take some of these guys that take growth hormone and, and take IGF, some of their bones just start growing sometimes in their head, sometimes in their hands. Some, some athletes and fighters that are known GH users, their, their face, their jaw gets bigger over, over time. Uh, you could just tell. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's going, it's going, it's going to change the game, definitely. You're making me want to use it, but then I told you that study with that woman. Uh, they gave it to females, and their thighs grew. Not, not no other muscles in their body grew except their. Did they so, only I mean, work they, out the thighs, or did they work out other body parts? No, or they, they just injected in the thighs. No, they normally exercise. It just happened. So there's no way to control what grows. What happens if it just grows your heart and it doesn't grow another muscle? <laughs> You'll end up dead in no time. That's the problem with them. They have to figure out a way where it, you can control what grows and what does it. I mean, it's, huh. it's not anything that's going to happen anytime soon. You know, don't, you know what I'm saying? So I just don't see it happening anytime soon. It'd be so dangerous if, if it just grew a random muscle, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you first, Rick, you first, I'll let you do it first. <laughs> yeah. I don't, you know, I don't but you even, have kids. No, no, you have kids. I'll be, I'll be. I don't even, I don't even want to use some of the stuff that's out there now. And, and honestly, bro, I, don't, I wouldn't want to get any more, any bigger. I'm, I'm, I, I lose mobility when I get bigger. Like I don't, if I'm any bigger yeah. than I am right now, I start to lose, I have, have, you know, I have short alligator arms, man. If I get my, my arms and my back any bigger, I'll start, I'll start to have trouble. I'll start to have trouble wiping my butt. <laughs> I'll start to have trouble just yeah. any, any, any kind of uh, reaching motion. So I wouldn't, I, it's not something I would take personally. I wouldn't want to get any bigger. You want to get thicker. You know? I like, I like being lean and, and mean and just, I mean, I've got good symmetry. I'm lean and mean. I, it's just being, being bigger. It's, it gets uncomfortable fitting places, uh, clothing, just everything. It gets, gets more comfortable the, the bigger you get, you know? 
All right, so the next topic Should, shouldn't be uh, the one that takes too long, I think. Um, this guy asking about his doctor told him that if he drinks one drink a night before bed, it's, it's healthy for him. It'll help him sleep. It'll help him relax. And the doctor kind of went ahead and endorsed him to drink alcohol before bed. So, you know, we see this a lot, like in the, the alcohol industry, they're very, very powerful, very, very powerful. And uh, the wine industry, multi-trillion dollar industry, literally like there's towns in the United States and around the world. If you came out and said wine isn't good for you and people stopped drinking wine, these entire towns and the businesses that don't even have anything to do with the wine industry would go under. I mean, California, the revenue in California just from the wine industry is huge. People fly out to San Francisco and they drive uh, an hour or two into the wineries and and uh, the valley over there and they check out the winery. So it's a huge business. So for me to come out and say, you know, to, and tell people, yeah, uh, drinking a glass of wine every night or, or drinking a shot of whiskey every night isn't good for you. It, it really hurts a lot of people, you know, because we've been told that it's good. So the, the skinny on, on wine consumption is this guys, the reason they, they put out these studies that show wine is healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What they're saying is the reservatrol. There's something called reservatrol, which comes from grapes. Um, primarily the skin of fruit, specifically the skin of grapes, has reservatrol. The problem is if you grab wine from the store and you test that wine, most wines, if not all, that you will find on that supermarket shelf, Rick, don't have any reservatrol at all in them. Because these wines, you know, they've been processed. They've gone through a processing stage. They, they, add the, they add sulfites to them and all that stuff. So really at the end of the day, if you want the benefits of Reservatrol, which it does have heart benefits, just go eat grapes. Go buy organic grapes and eat some organic grapes. And that will give you the skin of fruit. Other fruits are so healthy for you. They have antioxidants. Entugard, Entugard actually has Reservatrol in it. Um, that's one of the ingredients, and that is one of the heart-healthy ingredients in Entugard, as well as other ingredients. So, so if you want to drink wine, you know, a glass of wine every night, that's fine. You know, that's fine. That's your business. Just don't insult my intelligence by telling me wine is healthy and that wine has heart benefits and all this stuff because it does not. That's, that's the dirty secret, guys. But they will continue pushing based on some flawed studies that they did back in the 80s where they show that wine, certain wines have Reservatrol, and most wines do not. Um, if you go to a winery and you drink wine straight from the vineyard, you know, it's probably going to have some, some Reservatrol in it, as long as they didn't process it too much. It's probably going to have Reservatrol in it. But if you want Reservatrol, either get into Guard, which has Reservatrol, or you're going to get um, some grapes um, from the organic grapes or some fruit. Um, very, very healthy. Tropical fruits are great. Um, right now, um, I'm eating a lot of guanapa, guanapa, which is also called mamancillo. Uh, that has tons of antioxidants in it. Actually, it has some fat burning uh, ingredients in it as well. Uh, those tropical fruits, uh, and those will be the best thing for you to do, not alcohol. Alcohol is actually a carcinogen. It's actually more carcinogenic than cigarettes in a lot of uh, cases believe it or not, it, it will cause uh, your cancer cells to mutate in the body. So can't, uh, alcohol in no way, shape or form is anything you should be taking. That doctor is a quack. 
Uh, you shouldn't listen to him on nutrition advice. I have a lot of respect for doctors, but they are not nutritionists that they have not taken enough nutrition classes to be giving that, that sort of a false advice. Rick, any, any thoughts on this? Yeah. Alcohol. The reason why some people like a nightcap is because alcohol kills anxiety in the short term, obviously, because once it's, once you are hung over because the alcohol is leaving your system, it's now you've got a ton of anxiety, but yeah, some people who suffer from nighttime anxiety will, will drink, uh, will drink alcohol, a nightcap. And what it does is it quells the anxiety a little bit, just kills the anxiety a little bit, makes it a little bit easier to get to sleep. But that's just, you know, that's putting a, a bandaid on a gunshot wound. What you need to be doing is treating your anxiety in a healthy way that doesn't involve drugs. Why should you do that? Because the anxiety is in your brain and you could, out of every part in your body, you could probably rearrange your brain a lot easier than you probably, than you could most other parts of your body. So you can rearrange what's up there and just make sure to kill that anxiety before bed and then you'll be able to sleep. But I, I guess what might have happened with this doctor is guy might have said he's having trouble falling asleep. He's staying up too late. Doctor said, hey, have a drink before bed. Okay, that'll put you to sleep. Well, yeah, I mean, if you, if you have night nighttime anxiety, if you have nighttime anxiety and you're laying there in bed thinking about your bills, thinking about conversations you, you have, thinking about things you need to do and you can't sleep because you need to solve every problem in your world at night when it's bedtime, and, and that happens to a lot of folks. Oh, yeah, a little bit of alcohol will take that anxiety away, fall right to sleep. Again, just a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. It's a workaround. The, what you need to deal with is you need to deal with the anxiety itself and how you, and how you, uh, and, and not let your problems take over you to be able to fall asleep and, and tell yourself, Hey, I'll work on all this stuff tomorrow. I need rest right now and be able to just go to bed. And yeah, nighttime anxiety is a big problem for a lot of people. And, uh, doctor was not, uh, completely incorrect, but also, not the best approach. But then again, the only, the only other option a doctor with someone who has nighttime anxiety has is maybe giving them Xanax. And, and that's if he's a good doctor, he'll suggest maybe a little bit of alcohol, a little bit of Xanax. If, if the doctor knows a little something and realizes, hey, this person doesn't suffer from trouble sleeping, he's tr he suffers from anxiety. And then you treat that anxiety before bed and then the person can fall asleep. If he's not a good doctor, he's going to put you on sleeping medications. And then you're not dealing with, you're not dealing with the anxiety, with the thoughts that are, that are making your body slow drip adrenaline into your, your system. But you're, you're now taking a medication to make you fall asleep. And that's even worse. The nighttime anxiety, a lot of people suffer from it. Best thing is meditation, I found. Go to, go to YouTube and Google a monkey brain uh, or exercise or, or um, a monkey brain meditation. You'll see a video from a monk. It's one of the better ones I've seen that explains it. And it teaches you how to get rid of nighttime anxiety. How to, uh, that nighttime anxiety is basically the monkey brain, the primate brain, looking, looking for that owl that's going to come in at night, looking for that snake that's going to come in at night and eat you while you're trying to sleep. It's looking for it. And if you give the monkey brain something to do, it'll stop. But when, but when the monkey brain is active at night, 
and is looking for the predators and is trying to keep you alive, what it does instead is it starts looking for the problems that you need to face in your life. And then it starts slow dripping adrenaline into your system. Every time you think about one of these unpleasant things, slow drip wakes you right the fuck up and you can't go to sleep. It's nighttime anxiety, guys. It's not trouble sleeping. And uh, yeah, full answer, right? A long answer, but that, that's, that's all I had to say. Cause I've dealt with this. I've dealt with nighttime anxiety. I've dealt with anxiety for many years and uh, I had to stay away from the alcohol, stay away from, from taking medications and, and try to deal with it somehow. And, and meditation is what I found. Meditation and having probiotics, good balance of probiotics in your system, making sure to take by the live probiotics, the ones that you have to keep in the refrigerator, take them, you know, infect your body with the good probiotics, you know, and it's, it's, this is what's helped anxiety, meditation and, and keeping good gut flora. I just got to give you a couple more before bed. I mean, Rick mentioned the meditation, um, you know, yoga, really, really good. Do stuff relaxing before bed. Don't watch a horror movie, for example. You know, that doesn't make any sense. You know what I would recommend also blue blockers. If you must use electronics, then get blue blockers because that will shut off the blue light. When you shut off the blue light, your melatonin levels will start going up and that's going to make you sleepy. Another thing too, GABA. GABA is something nobody talks about. And GABA will get inhibited from caffeine. So if you're taking a pre-workout that has caffeine, if you're drinking coffee too late in the day or even early in the day, it's going to affect your GABA levels. So you need to come off the stimulants. The stimulants will keep you up, obviously. I don't have to like debate that you know, with, with people. I mean, everyone knows that. If you drink coffee before bed, you're going to have a hard time going to sleep, right? Well, that's because it's inhibiting your GABA. It's one of the reasons. Now, another thing too that you should be doing is don't keep electronics in your bedroom. We've talked about that on the podcast. Keep a clean environment in your bedroom. Keep a quiet environment. Keep a dark environment. One of the things I invested in, Rick, and this is something that everybody can look into, is getting a uh, wall blanket. And uh, I got a window blanket. It costs it costs some 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 change. It's about a half a half a inch or an inch thick, and you put it up on your window. You kind of Velcro it on your window, and it's going to basically block out both light and sound from coming through your window, much of it. So if you've got noisy neighbors or, you know, the lawn guy wakes you up or doesn't, you know, you got neighbors that like to play music like that will help tremendously uh, lower, lower sound. So these are options that you guys can do um, that are simple that can really, really make a difference. But I think one of the most important things that we do in the United States is too much electronics before bed. And that, is a mistake. You have to get rid of the electronics. Don't keep a TV in your room. Don't keep your iPad in your room. None of that shit. Just use your room to sleep. That's it. All right. Let's so our last topic, and this is one that Rick found, and he's um, wants to talk about post-pandemic dating. So I can't imagine right now being single. If you live in a state that has a pandemic issue. How do you ask a girl out to go anywhere? Like if you go out on a first date, what do you do? Do you show up on the date, you know, in a mask and have to talk to her, you know, wearing your mask? It's like, do you hug her? Do you even touch her, you know, um, because of the pandemic? So, you know, it's something we have to adjust to. This pandemic is probably going to be with us in the United States for like another two years, you know, and um, it's not looking good. 
But what do you do now post-pandemic though? Post-pandemic dating, how do you get back into dating? So Rick, what, do you, what are your thoughts on this topic? What kind of direction I've, you want to I've go? seen a lot of guys talking about this. A lot of, the pandemic caught, caught a lot of guys single. A lot of people were single. And um, now that things are no longer normal, now that the world is forever different, guys are wondering what to do. Um, I'll, you know, I'll go back to a good, good kind of advice that I always give on the podcast. So I'll go over it again because it's just always good advice. Work on yourself always. Okay. If your concern is dating, finding someone, which is great. You know, we, we all want to have someone of the opposite sex that we like, that we can spend time with and kiss and have sex with. I mean, that's awesome have someone of the opposite sex that you enjoy. It's very normal to have that feeling. And yeah, a lot of guys are getting a little desperate because you can't be social anymore. You can't be, you can't, you know, and if, you, and if this thing caught you single, you know, it's hard to even find a girlfriend now. So it's a good time to work on yourself. It's a good time to work on yourself. If you, right now you get worried about, just think about this. If right now you're worried about finding someone just for a second there, imagine that as soon as you finish listening to this podcast, whatever the next thing you're going to do is, or whatever next public place you're going to be at, imagine you're going to meet her right the fuck now. And she's going to pop up. She's beautiful, everything you like on her. And she's interested. And she wants to talk to you. And she's kind of opening the door for something more. Are you today the kind of guy that could earn that lady? Are you today the kind of man that could just swoop, sweep that woman off her feet. Are you that guy? Or, or are you not up on your gym grind? Are you not up on your discipline? Are you not doing the things you need to do? See, think about that. Before you get too anxious, like, oh, you know, I'm single, I'm gonna meet women in the pandemic. Imagine you, you met her right now after, after this podcast ended. Are you ready? Are you, are you the desirable man that this, that's, this lady is going to want to just be with and want to talk to and want to be around? Are you that guy? Because if the answer is no, if you're sitting there wondering about meeting a chick, but then if the perfect one, you know what I mean by perfect. I mean body, face, personality, good on paper, and she likes you. If she came around today after this podcast, are you the guy to get her or are you going to fuck it up because you're not you're not in a good place emotionally mentally or whatever right so that's the first thing to think about so look work on yourself is a good time to work on yourself gym grind on point if you don't have a gym at home calisthenics it works i've been working from home in the last uh four months I've been to a legitimate gym now about three times at, back in Las Vegas. I still look fucking incredible. Just working out at home with a little bit of weights that I had, with just doing push-ups, doing sit-ups, regular, regular grind, dieting. No excuses, guys. No fucking excuses, okay? And, uh, and just diet. I mean, look, you, you should have all these things handled, man. Whenever you get a little bit anxious about meeting someone, imagine they were outside the door right now. And now then you'll start thinking like, all right, well, 
I, my, my life is not in order. It's not where it needs to be to meet the perfect one. So that, that's what you got to focus on. Focus on your life being your life and everything in your life being completely perfect for when she arrives. See, that's the thing. If you, if you sit there and wonder how you're going to meet, how you're going to do this, it just, that's not the right mentality. If you want, if you want a girl, if you want a soulmate, if you want that, that female that you can be with and next to, start building the nest for her now. You know, a bird builds the nest before he finds the, the, the female bird. You know, he goes, he builds the nest, works on the stuff himself. And once the nest is ready to go, once it's built, then he, you know, gets out there, starts singing, brings the, the females back to the nest. Like, look at my work. Look what I do. And uh, she'll say yay or nay. But bird is not out there singing to the females and the nest ain't even built. And the shit's falling apart and it's not well-maintained. You know, it. It just is not the way you build the nest first before you go out there and start singing it. Yeah. Bottom line and working on yourself. We already know you're already doing it. You're on this podcast because you want to look great with your shirt off. You want to look great with your clothes off and you want to be healthy and you want to perform better. So that's why you're on this podcast. Now you're going to take it from here and now go and take the discipline to the gym, to the rest of your life and be that, incredible desirable dude that that perfect girl is going to come by and, and fall in love with when when you finally run into her i actually went through this in my mid-20s i uh i uh this girl and i uh we had some you know we had some issues whatever um you know we we separated we broke up and i was about three months away from moving into a house that I was building. And, you know, I made a pledge to myself, you know what? I'm just going to forget about this girl as much as it hurts going through a breakup. I'm going to forget about this girl. I'm just going to focus on myself. I got three months till I move into my new house. I'm going to get to my new house. I'm going to be a different person. And, um, and I did. I mean, I completely like revamped the way I looked. I started doing yoga. I started lifting weights. I started, uh, my diet was so on point, no processed shit. I got rid of everything in my pantry, donated it all. I completely changed the way I ate, the way I, I treated food, started doing some fasting, you know, and I completely changed my physique in those three months. And I haven't looked back since. That was like my motivation. And it was weird because I always, you know, been into sports growing up and stuff. I kind of let go in my early 20s. So it was a blessing, you know, going through that. So you know, it could be a good opportunity uh, to just work on yourself and fix some of these problems you have. You I mean, you might have an addiction. You know, we talked about on the show, uh, we always touch some, you know, addiction topics on this show. You might have some addictions that you need to fix. Could be a good opportunity to fix these addictions before you enter in a relationship because addictions can lead to breakups in relationships, a big, big reason for breakups. Um, and, you know, the other person just cannot tolerate that you have this, this addiction you might have an alcohol addiction. You might have an addiction to cigarettes. Um, I would never date someone who smoked. I would never date someone who's an alcoholic. I mean, would you, Rick? Would you date a girl that smoked and smelled like cigarettes? Not my thing. I mean, it's just disgusting. Can you imagine? It's just it's kissing a girl who has cigarette breath. Gambling, addic gambling addictions are a fucking problem. Porn addictions. If you want to talk about relationship killers, 
gambling and porn. That I mean, you you could get over. You might find a girl that'll that'll kiss your mouth, smell like cigarettes. You might find a girl that'll sit there and drink with you. But if you got some gambling addictions, if you got some porn addictions, it'll just ruin your whole interaction to even get there with her. So those are probably two to off the bat to really uh to really be be conscious of too. Besides the narcotics and and the substances which we're all too familiar with, there are also behavioral addictions. And for single guys, for even for married men, those two tend to be uh, a, you know relationship killers. Yeah, I know a lot of relationships that broke up over gambling. And um, people don't appreciate that. When you're married, you're sharing money. I'm going, I'm working, and you're taking that money and you're gambling it away? Really? I mean, come on. So, you know, work on yourself, guys. Um, a lot of casinos are now are closed. So this is a perfect time to quit gambling, right? Aren't casinos closed in Vegas? No, they're actually open. They're actually open. Some are open. I was... um. I met up with a business acquaintance at the MGM about two nights ago. And you have to wear a mask. But I know, I know like poker, like poker rooms and stuff. Like they only limit to six people per table. And if you get you up know, like, in you Vegas, know. in Vegas, they have in, in the MGM, they have a uh, little plexiglass things already on the, on the blackjack tables. So it's like a, it's like, like at a teller, like you have this, this, but are you wearing room. a mask? People are wearing masks. Yeah. And, and so that's the thing. Class. If you're playing blackjack and you're playing these, these card games, you need to be able to see the other person's face. You need to be able to read them. That's part of the game. So you're not, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's a good reason to quit gambling just right there. You're not going to be able to see the person tails you, or anything. So you know, how you going to play poker like that? Out of every, out of everything, I'm so glad I've never liked gambling. I've never liked it. It's just been something that has got no draw for me whatsoever. I'm probably too cheap to be a gambler. I don't, I don't gamble. One, there's two things I don't do. I don't gamble, and I don't, I don't lie, and I don't cheat. Those are two things I do. Rick, don't. Well, gamblers lie and cheat by, by definition, don't they? <laughs> I said I have two things: gambling, lying, and cheating. There's two things I don't do. All right, there you go. But you do, you do gamble a little bit, a little something, right? No, I don't gamble. I no, do not no. believe in gambling, sir. No, I do not believe in gambling. Then, then don't you play online? Don't you play? Don't you play online poker or something like that? You told me. I do not gamble, sir. I, I plead the Fifth Amendment. Uh, you pl- you uh, my plead, counsel you... counsel is uh, right next to me, and he's advising me plead the Fifth Amendment. You play? <laughs> yeah, I know. No I, gambling, you... sir. You know if what I, I like? It's Car- Caribbean, um, Caribbean um, progressive poker. What is it? What do they call it? You know that that game where they scam people. What do they call it in the Caribbean? It's called Caribbean uh, Reno or something. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, you know, yeah. they like they like pretend like you're winning and you keep putting more money in and then <laughs> at the end of the game they're like you owe us five thousand dollars. They have. Like, <laughs> People get ripped off like dumb tourists that go to the Caribbean. They always get ripped off by that. When people hear that I that I hover live between Las Vegas, Colombia, and New York, they think I'm like a party animal, a gambler, all this stuff. I don't like gambling. I don't like drugs. I you know don't don't like drinking either. I mean, I'm just I don't like any. It's probably the only reason why I can hang out in Colombia, hang out in Las Vegas, and not lose my fucking mind. Is <laughs> because I, I don't like gambling, don't like narcotics. It just it's not it's not what appeals to me. It's not what I like. You know what I like about Vegas? What really drew me to Las Vegas? Um, 
because of my work schedule and we deal with people from all over the world, there are a few nights a, a month that I have to stay up to talk to people uh, in Asia and in different parts of the world. And sometimes after one of those calls, it's just so nice to, to get, jump in the car, drive only about five minutes and find a nice fucking $40 steak <laughs> with, you know, just perfectly cooked with just incredible service at two, three in the morning. You know, it's just Vegas has everything and the restaurants, the experience. And also uh, when people come to visit, it's just a great place for people to come to visit me, family, friends, everybody wants to come out and, and just spend a couple of days. So I like all those things about it, but I think if I like gambling, I, I would have lost myself out here, you know, going to Columbia, like narcotics. I'd never want to leave. <laughs> you, you get, you get to a place like, like Columbia and, and, and you get a, you know, you get, start messing with, with, with the local stuff that you never want to leave, you know? So one of the things is, is uh, I think, and we talk about, about that a lot in this podcast is as a human, just be free from a lot of these bullshit addictions. Just, just be free of them. There's, there's so much freedom in being free and just not having any of these addictions. It's just life is already so hard. The world already throws so much shit at you that if the first thing you have to do when you get out of bed is try to just control your addiction and try to like not fuck your life up today. Try not to use this substance. Try not to spend this money. If that's like your first concern when you get out of bed in the morning, holy shit, the rest of the world is so hard. But if you get out of bed in the morning, man, and you've got, and you don't have anything in your heart eating at you. Just, life is so easy. It's just so pleasant to just get through your day, to do your things, to just, it, life just becomes an adventure, you know? But I've seen it. You know, you know the guy that I found that need to build muscle with, uh, you know, we separated and, and, uh, and main, mainly the, the issues on the table had to do with substances. The main reason why my co-founder and I, just you know split because it i've been there to watch this happen to people firsthand and it, it takes it takes right the fuck over so addictions take over one thing i'm addicted to rick is lifting that's a good addiction though so take your bad addictions and turn them into good addictions seriously you get addicted to that feeling you get from exercising and working out and you just feel good. And that's an addiction that you can transfer that, ne that negative addiction that hurts you financially, hurts you with your relationships, hurts you emotionally, and something that's positive that, that will uh, benefit you. Yeah, that, that physical pain is addictive because of all the endorphins and all of the feel-good hormones that your body releases right when, you're, when you bring yourself to pain. You know, when you break something, arm or whatever, it doesn't really hurt a lot right away. You have a few minutes where you're numb from just chemicals that your body makes on its own to, to kill pain. But obviously that runs out and then, you know, pain really, really gets nasty afterwards. And when you exercise, you're releasing some of those same chemicals into your body under a controlled, under controlled stress. And that gives you a good, if it gives you a feel good bus for sure. You know, I like, my addictions are really have to be like training and I don't know. I like chicks too. I think, you know, 
maybe I'm addicted to women, but not not sex. I don't know. That's a that's a weird one. But I probably look. We all have some sort of addiction. You just either channel into something that's not completely destructive, or you put it into something good. The gym is a good is a good addiction, as long as you don't let it ruin your life. Because there's some guys that are extremely disciplined to get to the gym. And they're there all the time. But the rest of their lives is a fucking mess. You know, the only time that they're, that they're able to really have some peace and clarity is when they're in the gym throwing weight around. But before they get there and once they get out of there, their lives are a fucking mess. So just having a gym grind discipline does not make for, for a successful person. You know, there are people whose only success is their physique and everything else is all fucked up. So that, that's also something to be conscious of for sure. Well, that could be just their genetics. They're just genetically gifted, you know, so it's easy for them to have a nice physique, you know, and they're just, you know what I'm saying? So that's not really something that I'm well, the, the, Yeah, the, the, there is a good level of discipline. Like I've met, I've met people that are very disciplined to get their workout in because it is a sort of a bit of an addiction, but they're not disciplined with, with work or projects or anything else. Because yeah. I've dealt with people that are physically appealing and that we could do some marketing, we could do some work, we could do something. And then it, it just, they're just a mess. Like you, you see these pictures on Instagram, you, you think that their life is put together. Man, they're late to meetings. They don't, they don't follow through. You can't, they're not reliable. They've always got some kind of calamity happening. You know, I've, I've had a guy here, looked incredible, great dude wanted to uh, be an influencer wanted to help uh, with the brand uh, met up with him a couple of times i mean dude he was just he couldn't follow through he'd say he would do something he wouldn't but he was at the gym every day on time training people i mean he was when he was at the gym he he was perfect oh that's interesting yeah yeah but everything else was a mess i've met a lot of people like that just because you know they don't drink they don't smoke they don't do any of these things they got a, a steady gym grind but they just can't hack it doing anything else you know that that is that is also a problem i dated people with all kinds of issues man i i and one of my theories is just uh, their childhood you know something happened when they were children maybe they have you know parent issues maybe their parents got divorced maybe something screwed them up as children and that causes them these these types of uh you know, uh, problems as adults. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And it's almost, consistency. Almost any adult, if you, if you read the, if you read the psych, the, the psychologist book, the M5, new one, pretty much everybody will be, will be diagnosed <laughs> with something because uh, people, people all suffer from some sort of, some sort of behavioral issue. Even, even, the people that on the outside look well put together, they've had their behavioral issues. Well. I think from the ages of zero to two, believe it or not, like if something happened at that age, maybe you saw, there was a guy I watched a show about this, Rick. He, his father was actually shot in front of him. He was like, he was a baby. He was uh, uh, four or five months old. His father was holding him and some guy, guys robbed him. They shot his father right in front of him and he fell to the ground. They left him and he got found. Um, and as an adult, he could ne he never knew what happened because no one told him what happened. And for some reason, every time he'd smell gun smoke, 
gunpowder, he would get nauseous and throw up and he never figured out why. So one day they actually told him what happened and then it made sense. Isn't that amazing? He was only like three, four months old. So yeah, anything, anything from when you were a baby. I'll give, I'll give you a flip side on that. I love uh, the smell of gunpowder when I was, when I was a child growing up in Colombia. Uh, firework laws were non-existent. So every Christmas, I had the greatest time as a kid um, messing with fireworks. And it, it was crazy because, I mean, I was like, I was five, six, seven, allowed to just play with fireworks and matches. It was the great, it was some of the funnest times I, I ever had. And so now when I, when I go, uh, when I'm at the range shooting or just anything, even sometimes when somebody lights a match around me, just a little bit of smell, it just brings me back to childhoods and Christmas in Colombia, uh, blasting fireworks. So yeah, it, it could, it could go either way for sure. Yeah. And I, you know, uh, just depends on your perspective on things for sure. Yeah. So guys, um, you know, we talk to shit a lot on this podcast. That's what we do on this Q and a, and uh, if you want a Q and a, where we just cut to the chase, talk, just fitness serious. Um, the new, um, we're bringing back hardcore raw and that's, that's also going to be available. It's going to be with myself and mobster who's got, um, he's Welsh, I believe. So, um, he's got a really cool accent and, uh, you know, we can check out that podcast as well. Right, Rick? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we're basically bringing you more. There's a third episode now of evolutionary.org every week. It's going to be Steven Mobster. Uh, that one is, uh, we're, you're, we're bringing back uh, Evolutionary Raw. So that one has a different count than this one. You guys are on, on episode 100 on that one, right? Yeah, we, 100, yeah, we completed 100, yep. So it'll be right here on the same feed. You don't, you don't really have to do anything different to get this additional episode. It'll just be downloaded into your phone at the time that it needs to be downloaded uh, every week. And... Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, I'll be doing two episodes a week still with Steve, and then you'll get more Steve with Mobster, a third episode per week, and it's just same information. Raw podcast is uh, we don't, you guys don't do relationships, right? It's a little bit faster pace, less relationship stuff, less chatting, right? Yeah, we're pretty much the direction of our podcast is more direct. Like we're given topics and we just hit them. There's not much off topic so it's much more um i'd say it's more of an encyclopedia podcast where this one is we just shoot the shit usually for like 20 and, and even now. and even then i make sure that we don't sit here and just shoot the shit like they do in other podcasts because i oh man i've tried listening to some other podcasts and i look and it's like all right it's an hour and a half all right let's put this one on and man they're just talking so much shit you know it's different when you listen to like joe rogan and he's got some somebody who's just incredible on there you want to listen to everything even the chit chat you know he's got jordan peterson on there or he's got somebody just as incredible on there any any little bit is fine to listen to but man you just get a couple guys on a fucking podcast and they're chatting it up it's like what the fuck shut up where's the info and i think a lot of guys that listen to a, a lot of a lot of guys that listen to us probably would feel the same way if steve and i just sat here and chatted away so we try to make the podcast very, very fast paced, uh, but Steve and I are friends. So we joke around a lot and you and mobster are just doing a, a faster, faster pace, a version of even what we're doing. So that's three episodes in your phone, in your pocket per week, guys. 
we're just doing our best to bring you more information and that's it. We're going to keep rocking. Right. So, um, look out for that. Um, evolutionary raw number 100, Steven mobster. That's your third episode, uh, from that you're going to be getting from us every week. Yep. And it's uh, going to be called evolutionary hardcore radio. So evolutionary hardcore, right? Not raw. No. Raw, raw was the old. Radio. Yeah, it's raw, it's but it, it is, raw, but that's, that's the name they, uh, they titled us. So, yeah. So guys, you know, that's, uh, number one, yeah, we're on number one. Yep. It's like, it's like two, two shows about steroids in the same feed. Steve is on both of them basically. So do a little bit. I, I should probably join you guys for, uh, for one of the hardcore episodes, probably when you guys are, are got two or three episodes in, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in one day. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll definitely do that. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Mobster's a cool cat. I like Mobster. He's good. He's great job on the forums. He does. I, I enjoy reading his, his, yeah, books. he's excellent on the podcast. Um, he's very, very good when it comes to the radio, he has a gift for it. So you guys will enjoy listening to him. He's really good. He has a good, good voice for it. Actually. <laughs> I don't think I have a good voice for it, but he, he definitely does. I, yeah, I listen to him. He sounds, uh, he sounds like a, when I, when I watch some, uh, BBC stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you ever read, read Braveheart, I don't know. Uh, a lot of young guys never watch Braveheart, but it's a good film. Have you watched Braveheart, Rick? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. I did watch. I like Braveheart, but that's, yeah. but see, Braveheart is, is, um, you know, people pretending to have that accent. It's different when they really, really do have it. <laughs> yeah. If you ever, if you, if, if some of you guys that, that like to watch, uh, uh, you, the ultimate fighting tough, right? The, the UFC, uh, reality show, the season with Michael Bisping and he brought all of the fighters from the UK and Ireland and stuff. Holy shit. Fucking garbage. Truck. When he brought the fighters from like the UK and all these places, I mean, uh, it was like they they need the subtitles on that epi- on those episodes that season <laughs> when Michael Bisping brought all his guys over from from UK Ireland Scotland and stuff. I mean, there were there were episodes where they need the subtitles because the accent gets so thick. It's it's even though it's English, it's hard to understand it sometimes. You disrespect the Pandora truce from this king, absolutely. What the? What is that? That's from Braveheart. You 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 sound you sound you sound like Shrek. Say that huh? again. You sounded like Shrek, bro. Huh? <laughs> Donkey. <laughs> For whom do I? This is another lie. For whom do I salute? For presenting yourself on this battlefield, I give you I give you thanks. Like not good. That, that's that's good how you answer. do it. Yeah, <laughs> do it. You do it. Uh, so what does it say? For presenting yourself on this battlefield, I no, give you yes. Well, I can't do it. I give you thank. I can't fucking do it. I'm not an I can't do accents, bro. Like I, like, I like the wrong guy for this. Get right. out! I can do my Arnold. Get out! Yes, that's, that's about it. Yeah, that's who is your daddy and what does he do? What the fuck that's, that? that's a good Austrian accent. Yeah, is that good? All right. So yeah, that's that's, that's all the accents I know, man. All right, guy, you gotta. We gotta get you, brush you up on that, uh, on that New York, so, New York accent. So, guys, I'm back in, uh, I'm back in Las Vegas finally, right? I got, a, I got a humanitarian flight out of Colombia. It's expensive as hell. I had to sign up with the embassy, um, get the, the dates. Spirit Airlines, just one flight. Which is the worst airline in the world? <laughs> you know, I never realized how much I missed the seats reclining until I got on on Spirit and the seats don't recline for yeah. shit. 
because I always fly economy. I'm not, I'm not a baller. I'm not first class in it. Economy guy. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fit, slim guy. I don't, economy. I fly and I don't need the chairs to lean back. I, I can sleep sitting down fine, but spirit. Oh uh, yeah. That's a, that's a different level of non leaning back. That's like, that's, that's another, that's another set. So yeah, I mean, but, but it was the only airline flying, flying out, uh, doing humanitarian flights. And uh, finally, finally b- back in Las Vegas now. I got a, a lot of work. A lot of things got backed up because of this COVID, man. I was, I was forced out of the country for, for an extra two, three months that I really wanted to be out because of this. So back in, hopefully things will, will normalize now. Yeah, a lot of you guys listening, you know, I, I don't have jobs and stuff, and we, uh, we really we feel for you guys out there. Hopefully, um, hopefully, you know, you guys are hanging in there, and you know, hopefully, we'll get through it, you know, stronger. Hopefully, you know, next year we'll uh, we'll come back stronger, the country. So we always come back. You know, we've been through we've been through pandemics before, but it's you know, this is um, you know, we've been through bad bad stuff, bad economies and stuff. So we'll we'll all come back, guys. We're a brotherhood. And uh, we all work together and uh, to help each other out and just support each other and uh, work each other out. So, yeah, you know, you know what, guys, um, I'm going through a hard time with this pandemic, a tough time, incredibly financial, personal. Uh, I wasn't uh, I wasn't able to get one of the I wasn't able to get one of the government loans. So I got absolutely no government money. I also don't get a stimulus. So we've just been roughing it out. My manufacturers, a couple of them were, were late with product. Um, the business is really, it's really not doing well. I mean, we're moving back to NY. One of the reasons is because, uh, you know, just we can't have this facility here in Vegas anymore. So um, I'm going through it. I'm going through rough times, very, very hard times. And you know what? I'm still going to get up here, make this podcast, smile every single day. Because at the end of the day, these are just paper problems to me. You know, I can, these are just paper problems. As long as my health is fine. It's fun to get out there and and resolve the, these monetary the, the, these money issues, which I have a obviously, man. COVID COVID really fucked a lot of things up, and in my particular situation, I I, I already had gone through merch, losing my merchant account uh, several times because of the products we sell, um, because of catering to the steroid users, um, and then products were late. So, I mean, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm just in, this, in a bad situation like many folks out there. But when I tell you guys that you should practice meditation, you should practice uh, mindfulness, uh, do the monkey brain meditation at night, probiotics. When I say all these things, it's because I live it. I, I have every, every problem that you can imagine that could have come from this pandemic I'm, I'm, I'm having right now with my business. And I'm, I'm fine on a day to day. But listen, you can't be too loud. I'm recording. I'm fine on a day to day. So it, you just, it, as long as health is fine, as long as my body feels good, I know I just got to get out and work and, and resolve it. And, you know, I, I just want to say that to everybody out there because I, I've watched on the news a lot of folks have, have committed suicide because of loneliness and because of financial issues, financial ruin from the COVID. And people just give up on their lives. And I just want to tell everybody out there, man, don't give up. You know, if you got health, you can always make something happen. 
if you if you fall too far down in debt and all that stuff, just bankrupt out of that shit. And yeah, it sucks. And it's not a responsible thing to bankrupt. I, I've never done it. I've never declared it. I don't, I don't think anybody should. But if it gets down that bad and you can't meet your responsibilities, don't, don't kill yourself. Just there are processes in the law to help you out. Ask for help. Figure it out. But don't, don't, you know, you've got this, this gift, this physical body. Don't go in and, and hurt yourself over paper problems. It's just papers and numbers that say that you owe something. It's just some, such an abstract thought. If you really think about it, it's papers that saying that you owe this thing that, that we made up called money. We just made this shit up. Okay. It wasn't here. It wasn't around, you know, it, money's only been around, but the last, you know, I don't know, 5,000 years or something, 10,000 years. So we just made this shit up. So you can't, you can't go and hurt yourself, your body and, and your mind and your health over, over, you know, you just can't, you know, and, and, and getting yourself and letting yourself be miserable over some of these monetary issues are going to inhibit your ability to resolve them. So it's a compounding problem. You have the original problem and then the anxiety, the original problem creates just completely ruins your ability to solve the original problem. So what, what do you need to do? You need to just get rid of the anxiety by putting things into perspective and then you're free and clear your mind and everything is just free and clear and good to take care of the original problem. And I mean, that's, I just want to offer that to everybody because I've been real saddened by to, to hear and uh, see in the news people uh, are, are, you know, hurting themselves and in their lives over, over some bank account that says they owe money, some whatever place that they owe funds to. Um, it's just not worth it, man. It's just, just wanted to get that. Put it, out put, put, put it in perspective though. Like if you, you know, like you, you gotta put it in perspective. It's, if you're just if you're by yourself, you don't have a family and you lose your job and even if you got a lot of bills and stuff, you you'll be fine. Like there's no reason to be upset about that. Like money's gonna come and go. I mean, absolutely no reason. But I mean, if you've got a family and you're shit like shit, how am I supposed to feed my kids? Then yeah, there's a legitimate reason for being Well, well killing yourself is not gonna is not gonna help. No, no, that's that's yeah. definitely not the solution. But you have to basically ask for help, either like through your community through, you know, neighbors. Um, but I mean, you know, that's hard to do, you know, because a lot of neighbors will be like, yeah, this guy's just making this shit up, you know, but you know, you gotta go, you know, to the government, you gotta tap the government, you gotta do what you gotta do to, to, to make sure there's food banks everywhere. So, you know, you'd be able to feed your family. That's fine. Um, yeah. The first thing you need to do is just calm the fuck down because you're not going to be able to solve anything, solve any of your problems or think of creative ways to get, of getting out of a bad situation. If you don't, if you can't get the bad situation out of your head to, to, to get yourself right. So just the first thing you need to do is just chill the fuck out, calm the fuck down. Then once your mind is settled, then you go and solve your problems. Look, not look. Wait, it's fucking truck. Can you hear that truck in the background? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A little bit. Look, look, besides, besides a, 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 an immediate physical threat, you shouldn't let anything anything riled you up, you know, besides like just the immediate physical threat where something is right in front of you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have big adrenaline discharges over getting a, a letter from, from the bank or the credit card company or whatever the fuck. If you lose your job, there are 
places for charity, food banks, ask people that you know, and, you, and you'll be able to get, you'll be able to get more work. I mean, it's, don't, don't throw the towel in guys. This is the main thing. Just don't give up. Don't fucking give up. I mean, look, life is a fucking game. Like, remember that this money that we play around with these material things that we buy, we put out around ourselves. It's just a fucking game. At the end of the day, the only thing that's important is just your physical body, how that feels, your mental state, how clear you are. And then you can just go out and do anything. It's such a cool game. You can, you can build. You can lose it all and start over again. You can, you can live your life next to a, a person for a while, and then you can both separate, and they go their way, you go yours. You find something new. You get a new job. You start a new business. You start a side business. Life can just be so fun. And the loss of things, when you lose something, when you lose a mate, when you lose a business, when you lose a business partner, when you lose a friend, it's, it's, it's a start. You're starting over new. You can't, you can't plant new things unless you rip the old, you know, rip what's growing there now out by the root. So when you have something you're experiencing right now that may seem like loss to you right now, it's not really loss. It's just the start of something new. You just got to let it. And you got to embrace it, embrace the changes, you know, and, and treat life. The only thing I get worried about is my health. If something hurts in a weird way, if something doesn't act the way it should, you know, my left knee has been acting up a little bit recently, like, you know, that stuff I may get a little worried about because this is my physical body, but I don't give a fuck what letters come in the mail from what bank or what it's just. I just need to settle my mind down, work my ass off and solve those things. And that's it. And it doesn't worry me at all. It doesn't shake me up a little bit. Not as much as maybe my left knee buckling a little bit during some exercises. I feel like maybe something could be wrong there. Nothing like maybe having a little bit of a of weird chest pain in the morning or at nights that I don't, I can't quite explain. Those things make me, make me upset. Those things maybe keep me up at night a little bit. Not, don't do it over paper problems, guys. It's just not worth it. Not, not worth it. That's it. I mean, that's a little something all for everybody, I guess. All right, guys. So another great podcast, guys. You can uh, talk to me on the forum, Steve SMI. Talk to Rick, Rick V. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one, Rick. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys.